Okay, so the Awana program uh, did not officially start until 1950. Back in 1941, there was two different gentlemen, a guy by the na- uh, name of Lance, who was a pastor at the Northside uh, Gospel Center in Chicago, and his youth pastor, Art, and they worked together to develop a program, which would be known as Awana. And they did everything that Awana does today. They had games, they had cookies, they had singing, and they had a Bible lesson, and they had verses. That's everything. that, And it, it started back in 1940, 41. By 1950, it was officially called Awana. By 1960, 900 different churches had found out about this through word of mouth because back then there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't email, there wasn't uh, the Internet to find all these resources. And so by word of mouth, the Awana program grew from one in Chicago to 900. That's, that's an average of 90 churches a year which is an incredible number for this program to have reached that far. Uh, by 1972, this thing went across the seas. It went to uh, South America in 1972. And now, in today's world, 104 different countries have the Awana program, which has over 47,000 different churches and organizations that are hosting an Awana program every week, which you can just imagine... I mean, do a little bit of math, and there's going to be a, an incredible number of kids who are reached every week with the gospel, and parents who are being reached through the gospel. One of my favorite stories from Davenport before we moved here was uh, another family. They moved to Montana a couple weeks before we did, just a different location, which just says Montana is a great state, right? Awesome state. Um, Anyway, they talked about the importance of their, their kids going to Awana. Because from one daughter, she was a, a probably like in eighth grade, she went to Awana. Well, she got her little brother to come. And she got her other little brother. And her parents came. And they all eventually got saved, became part of the church, but were involved in Awana themselves and in other areas of church. And then they went off to Montana to be involved there. So from one little kid who you don't know if they even are paying attention, grew this whole family of people who... New, came to know the Lord, and others who renewed their walk with the Lord. So it's just an, an exciting, amazing program. And Awana continues to expand every year. Two years ago, there was no Awana in Plevna. Uh, Don Winters, he, he was a big fan of Awana, and he got it going here. So it's continually expanding. We can just praise God for that. Now, if you're, if you're looking at Awana and you're wondering, is that really a real word? Awana stands for... There you go. Approved workmen are not ashamed. If you look at the back of your bulletin, because we're only going to look at this slide for just a second, the back of your bulletin says approved workmen are not ashamed. And the verse that we get this from, maybe it sounds very familiar, and if you're already looking at your bulletin on the back, you see it. 2 Timothy 2.15 in the NIV it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be shamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. Now, when I learned it, I learned it in the King James Version. I'm trying in the NIV because that's the Bible that I preach through. So I'm going to go back and forth, and you'll probably get confused on what I'm really saying. And I apologize for that, but always look at the verse, and you'll know exactly where we're at. Okay, so, doing our best to present ourselves as one approved under God. We all understand what it means to do our best, because every area of life requires that. If we are playing sports... Our coaches want us to do our best. They want us to know the plays. They want us to exercise. They want us to practice. 
So when the, when the gun is fired, the kid's ready to take off down the track. So when the, when, the, when the game starts, when they kick off the ball and they get it, they know what everybody else is doing. The coach wants to make sure that you know you, you do your best. But not everybody's in school, or not everybody plays sports. Well, if you go to work, or not, maybe some people in here are employers, so you'll understand this. But if you're an employee, you understand that your teacher or that your boss wants the best from you. Your boss wants to make sure that you show up on time. He wants to make sure that he can get as much out of you during your work shift as possible. And if you have ongoing training, he wants to make sure that you stay up to date. He doesn't want you to just roll into work on Monday just barely ready to go. He wants your absolute best. In school, teachers, I think of Nicole, she's a teacher, and she wants students to do their best. Sorry, kids in Baker, you already know, Plevin is done, so, but you're not off the hook. Okay? When you guys get back to school, you know your teachers want the best from you. They want you to stay focused when you're sitting in your classroom, not playing with those little fidget spinners, right, that everybody likes. I got some for my kids. Don't play with those at school. They want you to take notes. They want you to study for tests. They want you to do what, give yourself the best chance for an A. That's what they're asking of you. And this verse says to do your best. And we all understand what it means to do our best, but we're not trying to impress our boss or our coach or the teacher or even the pastor. We're, the goal here is to do our best to present ourselves approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed. And the effort we put into showing ourselves approved unto God should at least equal the, the effort we put in on the football field and in the classroom and in the workplace. Now, I know it's hard to compare the two because I live in the world and I have a boss and I have a teacher and I have all these expectations from people. But all those things, as great as they are, are not going to last. Everything that God asks us to do, his word is the only thing that is going to last. Your history book is not going to last. Your math book, your, your football, anything we have is not going to last, but God's word is going to last forever. So we're supposed to do our best about this. Well, how do I do my best to show myself approved unto God? I'm glad you asked. The first thing is to read God's word. Dr. David Jeremiah, we're watching a video, he says, everything that God wants you to know, he put in this book. Everything he wants you to know. Now, this doesn't tell you how to do open heart surgery, which hopefully I never need. It doesn't tell you how to bake a cake. It doesn't tell you how to fix your car. But everything you need to know, he put in here. Those other things are very beneficial, but he put in here the fact that he, he exists. He put here that uh, the fact that you can have salvation and why you need salvation and how you get salvation and how to live to please the Lord. So this isn't something that we just, we take off on Sunday morning, we, we stick it in our book bag and we get to church and we, you know, we pay attention and we'd never look at. This is something that's vital to every point of every part of our day. It's important that we do our best to know God's word. We need to study it. In the King James Version, this verse says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Now, I know it's really easy to read through the Bible and think, well, that's really neat. I know the story of Jonah, and I know, okay, you're in Acts, and I know the story of, of what's going on there. And, uh, or there's things like, I just don't know. And, and in Sunday school, we've been going through, just for a couple weeks, uh, some of the Proverbs. And we started like trying to really dissect them to see how... We know what it means, but if we study it out, what do these words mean? How can I really apply this to my life? You get far more out of it than if you just read it as a verse. 
We need to memorize God's word. In Psalms 119, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. One of the major ways God speaks to us is through his word. God doesn't get on Facebook and start talking to you. He doesn't get on, he doesn't call you up on a phone. God never comes down and we never sit on the, these pews and have a little chit-chat about what I should say or, or what decisions I should make. One of the main ways God speaks to us is through his word. Now, it doesn't address every possible situation, but there's enough in here that God can bring to your mind to help you make decisions. And if you don't stick anything up there, it's going to be really hard to draw from that if it's, if it's, if it's empty. So we need to memorize God's word, and that's a big point of Awana is what these kids do is they're hiding God's word in their hearts. And the best time to learn verses, as everybody knows, is when you're a little kid because you remember things far better. If you try to learn a language... As five years old, you seem like you do better than if you're 55 or if you're you're 35 years old. And so that's part of why Awana is so important to get our kids involved with at a very young age. And also, we need to obey God's word. Boy, that's that's a lot of of things you got to do in order to show yourself approved. It's not just enough to know it. It's not just enough to study it and know what it means and memorize it. We got to take it and we got to put it into practice. Luke 11, 28 says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And if we obey his word, we're going to be blessed. But if we don't know it, how can we obey it? Makes perfect sense, right? Now, it says, do your best to present yourself approved unto God. So whose responsibility is that? It's your responsibility to make sure you're prepared. And it's my responsibility. Now, there's a point where parents have a responsibility for their kids. You're the one to make sure that your kids eat healthy. You're the one that makes sure they go to school on time. You're the one that makes sure they get a shot. They take a shower, especially boys who don't want to take one. Your job as a parent is to make sure these things happen. And it's the same goes with our kids. We need to make sure we're being responsible and making sure our kids get into God's word, that they get to something like an Awana program where they learn and memorize God's word. But they're not the only ones responsible. Uh, Parents are not. I mean, they're responsible for their kids, but their kids are going to grow up and move on. And it doesn't say you stop learning God's Word just because you graduated from Awana, just because you're, you're, you're older. It, there's no point where you ever stop that. Parents, grandparents, people who have kids, people who have never had kids, it's your responsibility to do your best to present yourself approved unto God. Dr. David Jeremiah can only do so much for you and and teaching you. He can... He can bring out truths that you never knew were there. But there's only so much that he can do. You've got to study it for yourself and put it into practice. Pastor Joe can only do so much. He's a great guy. I really like him. But he can only do so much for you and your understanding of the scriptures and how you live it out and how you know it. He can get up there and present it, but there's only so much that he can do. There's only so much your teacher, your Sunday school teacher can do. Or those really nice devotional books that have a story or the daily bread with a little verse on it. And it's like, wow, I just needed that for the day. Those are important. But there's only so much those can do for you. You've got to do your best to get into God's word, to read it, to study it, to memorize it, to think about it, and to put it into practice. But God doesn't force you to do that. God's not down here saying, Anita, you better do this. It's a, it's a terrible thing to sit in the front row. You got to do this. He, he, he's, he might bring to mind, hey, you got to study my word. But he leaves it up to her. 
just like he leaves it up to me, just like he leaves it up to every one of us, it's your job. He's not going to make you to do that. Now, when you're trying to show yourself approved unto God, this is not an approval that, oh, I was good enough, and now I get to get into heaven. Because one of the verses that the kids learn in Awana is Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which is, by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. There is only so much... Uh, we, we, we can do nice things, but they do not equal eternity. It's only by faith in Jesus which is going to save us from the punishment of our sins. Other verses kids have learned in Awana. Romans 3.23 says that we have all sinned. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Because we've sinned, we've earned death, separation, and hell from God forever. You wouldn't know that if you didn't learn that. If you never read that in the Bible or you never heard it, or you never, never memorized those verses, you would not know it, which is part of the importance of why we have the scriptures. It's, it's a terrible thought that you're going to go to hell. But God loved us so much, that it says in Romans 5, 8, that he demonstrates his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died on the cross so he could be the perfect, the perfect standard, and so that he could be the, the, the perfect sacrifice to get us into heaven, not because we do anything on our own, but because of what Jesus did. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So when you're being approved before God, it's not for your salvation. You only find that approval in putting your faith in Jesus. And God looks at Jesus and he looks at us and says, their sins are covered. So and you're, you get that free trip to heaven. But if you're relying on your own good works, on the fact that you went to Awana, the fact that you learned verses, the fact that you're sitting here in church today, that is not going to do anything for you. You've got to put your faith in Jesus for salvation. And this idea of being approved, you see the picture of the gold up there, and you see the, the building block up there. Now, if you've ever had a wedding ring or a piece of jewelry, you know, they, when they, they do it, they test it. They, they, they heat it up really, really hot. They get all the impurities out of it. Because they want a pure and perfect piece of gold. They don't want one flex in it. I mean, if you're looking for a wedding ring or a piece of jewelry, you're gonna, if there's something that's got little black flecks in it and something that's pure gold, you're going to choose the one that's pure gold. The one that's been tested by fire. The one that's been proven to, to be genuine. And that's what you're going to pick. And so we have the choice to be like this gold, or we have the choice to be like the block of wood. Now, the block of wood... Is, it's just a picture of back in the day when they would build buildings. They didn't use wood necessarily for everything. They would have stone structures. And they would, they would they'd chisel out a chunk of stone and they'd start to build it. Well, if they came across a piece of rock that they could not use, they'd put a big A in it. They'd, they'd scribe a big A in it and they'd toss it to the side. Which, which, uh, for, they'd put an A for the word adokimos, meaning it has failed the test. Now, we have the choice to be like the gold that has been proven, or we have the, the choice to be like the, the, the stone which has been tossed aside because it is not of no use. It has, been, it has failed the test, and it is no good for anything. To be found approved by God is to know what God's word says and to put it into practice. The person who doesn't is like the rock with the big A. You just put a big A on your chest saying that I am I'm found wanting, I've failed the test, I'm not even trying to do 
what God's word says. I'm not even trying to study, but the person who is studying to show they self-approved, and that's a lot of work. It is a lot of work to do your best. At work, it's a lot of work. You got to stay focused at school. And this is, you know, you look here, and I'm going to think of Pastor Joe here for a second, you know, because he gets up here or at his church or here on Wednesdays or Thursdays, and he makes it look really easy. You know, he brings out the truths, and he has all week to study. And, of course, what would you expect from Pastor Joe, right? Because he went to school, and he was trained how to do this. But you know what? He wasn't born from birth uh, as a pastor. He didn't start out knowing the scriptures ever since he was born. There was some point in his life where he had to do exactly what we, we try to ask everybody else to do. Before he was a pastor, he had to read the Bible. Before he was a pastor, he had to study the Bible. He had to try to apply it to his life. So it's not something that God's only expecting preachers to do. He's expecting every single one of us to study his word and to put it into practice. Now, the, uh, I, I was reading through Acts, and I came across a verse, Acts 17.11. It says, Paul's talking to the Berean church, and he says, these people were of more noble character than anybody else because they tested the script, tested what Paul said every day to see if what he said was true. If you're supposed to test, if they were supposed to test Paul, and he said, "Way to go to check me out to see if what I'm saying is true," how much more should everybody out there be like, have my nose in the Bible, saying if what Josh says is true, or Doctor David Jeremiah is, says is true, or anybody? Don't just take it because somebody said it as true. Look into scriptures for yourself, study it, and see for yourself if that is true. So that we are not workmen who are ashamed. Now, why would a workman ever be ashamed? He'd be ashamed for two reasons that I could come up with. He'd be ashamed, first of all, because he didn't do the job. If you got sent out to go build a fence or to fix a road or to cook a meal and you didn't do it, and somebody was going to come check on you and you didn't do it, how are you going to feel? embarrassed, ashamed, like, uh, I wish they didn't come out here. I thought I was getting away with something. Or if somebody says, well, I'm going to do this really, really fast, and, I, and, uh, and they don't do a good job with it. Well, when somebody comes to check on it, they're going to be embarrassed. Now, I have this picture up here of a kid's bedroom. This is not my kid's bedroom. Of course, mine, mine did look like this. My kid's on Friday, so we said after school, this is what you're doing. You're going to clean your room, and hopefully it will look like that when you're done. Now, if my kids spend five minutes, or they, they spend a half an hour in there playing around, and then they tell me their room is done, well, if I go look, and it looks like the before picture, they're going to be embarrassed. They're going to feel bad because they really didn't do it. And they're going to be ashamed when I say, Noah and Caleb, do it again, do it again. Because if it's not clean, I just say, go do it again, go do it again, until finally it's clean. But they're going to be embarrassed. But if they get it done the first time, and it looks like that, who's going to be happy? They're going to be confident before dad and mom that I have a clean room. And they, I'm going to be happy. And so we're all going to be happy. So kids, when you guys are cleaning your room, make it look like that. But also, remember, no, you're not going to do that. Also, remember that that's how we're, we're showing ourselves approved. We're trying to do our, know our God's word the best as we can so that we're doing it and, and God's happy with the way that we're doing it. The person who does their best has the opportunity to be proud and to be confident and satisfied in their work. 
You don't have to worry about standing before God ashamed because you did everything that you were supposed to. But the person who doesn't, sure, it might be easy now. It's like the kid who doesn't do his homework. He runs around all afternoon and life is good. But when it comes to school the next day, you've got to turn in your work. Uh-oh, I didn't do it. Or I've got to take the test and I flunked. You're embarrassed. You're worried. You, you guys understand that picture. But the kid who puts all the work into it, I'm not going to go out and play extra after school because I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to study. He goes to school the next day. He takes the test and he passes. He has something to be happy about. So that we can, be, we can correctly handle the word of truth. Now, we have three pictures up here that kind of help us understand what it means to correctly handle the truth. It's to accurately use it. It's the, having the skill to be able to use it. Now, this first picture is sewing, which I think of Connie when I think of sewing because she sews and I don't. I did try at home ec one time and made a tie. No, it was not this tie. <laughs> of course, I might have been able to make this one. Um, but I, I barely got through it. But I'm like, this is really not my thing. But I understand. It, it takes skill. My pants, they don't go like this with the pant leg. They, they're these nice straight lines because somebody has, take, has got the skill, has taken the time to learn how to do this. This other picture, you've got this guy with a saw. Now, assuming that the level is straight, which obviously it's going to be, that guy is doing whatever it takes to help him make a straight line. Now, I've, I learned over time, how to cut with, this, with a worm drive saw right-handed. I'm left-handed, but I learned how to do it right-handed and how to cut a, straight so, uh, cut a straight line. Now, this other picture, you have a John Deere tractor uh, with, I think, I think those are discs. I don't really know. I drove one of those one time, about 15 years ago. And I say one time because I had a tough time with it. Uh, this farmer that I knew, he... Uh, I don't know if I asked for the job, but if I did, I regret it. He took me out to a field, and he regrets it too. Um, he took me out to a field, and he did the outside ring of the circle. and says, okay, this is how you do it. And he, he left me to do it by myself, and he went off to work. He said, just go back and forth, back and forth, straight lines, straight lines. He said, just line up the, the disc with the, the furrow you just made and, and look at a straight line. And so I tried. I, I tried and I tried, and I would get a straight line for a while, but then I looked back and it wasn't matching the other line. And then there was like a big curve in it. And so then I'd turn around and I'd come back. And you know what his words were for me when I was done? He says, I sure hope no one else thought I did that. <laughs> because it was, and I'm like thinking, really? I mean, I tried. I stressed out trying to do this. But this guy, uh, he wanted it perfect. And I'm thinking, really, what is the big deal? I mean, you're going to plant this, I assume, you know, so you're going to make your own straight lines. Um, but things are still going to grow. You know, when, when it comes to doing our best to present ourselves unto God, a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth, it's, a, it's easy to be like me with the, the tractor, to think, I'm trying my best. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's too hard. I don't want to do this anymore. And, and to give up. But you know what? It's not rocket science to get on a tractor and run a, a, a disc behind it. it it's, it's something I know I could do. I could learn how to sew. I learned how to cut a straight line with a saw. I know I could do that. And it's not really that big a deal to me. And it's easy when it comes to knowing God's word and studying it to say, I know it's important because it says it in the Bible, but it's really not that important. I don't really understand why it's that big a deal. 
the ground was a really big deal to that farmer. And guess what? God's word is a big deal to him. You may not like it. You may not understand. You may say that's too much work. It takes too much time. But this is God and his word, the God who sent his son to die on the cross, and he told us about it so that we could have eternal life. We need to study his word and make sure that we accurately know it and obey it. But it's going to take time. It's going to, it's going to take lots of time to study God's word and to put it into practice. Now, Awana, they start when you're two years old doing this. And if for poor Anita, you know, having two-year-olds. I mean, I've, I've been a part of Awana in, in Davenport. When you have those little kids, that's like the hardest thing. I mean, I'm like, thank you, thank you, Anita, for doing the Cubbies, because that's the last thing I would do. I'll be a secretary, I'll, I'll work with Sparks, I'll do games, anything but the, the Cubbies. But they start when they're two, and Awana stops in high school when they're 18. So, but that doesn't mean it's, it's only for them. I mean, Awana may only be for kids, but everything else is for all of us. We all can read God's Word. We can all study it. And if you want two little quick resources to use online to help you study it, because I know it's hard. I know there's Greek and there's Hebrew, and what do these words really mean? There's a place called Blue Letter Bible. That's, it's very simple, Blue Letter Bible. And then there's BibleHub.com, which will help you with different commentaries, views, and, and with the Greek and the Hebrew. And they're just two simple tools that you can use because it is hard work to study. And that's why people go to Bible school, because they can learn different strategies on how to do this. We all can memorize Scripture. And I'd like to encourage you, if it's been like a week or, or three years or whatever since you've learned a, a, mom, a memory verse, I'd like to encourage you by learning the, the one on the back of the bulletin, 2 Timothy 2.15. It's one of the best verses to memorize, and it will encourage you to memorize more verses as you go. It's a, it's a very good one. But then we also need to obey it. And when you're reading through the Bible and it gets tough to read, it feels dry and it feels like, well, really, what's the point? I know I'm supposed to do this. Uh, you know, if you can't remember this in the bulletin, there's this really good quote by F.B. Meyer. It says, we should read the Bible as those who listen to the very speech of God. God gave man what he wanted them to write. This is exactly what he wanted us to know. This isn't just good advice. This is something we need to make sure that we study, that we put into practice, that we memorize, that we share with other people. Whether we're two years old studying in Awana or whether we're 92 and we don't we don't have much time left. It does not matter. We need to hide God's word in our hearts. So I'd like to encourage you, just the same as these kids do, to do, to do the same for yourself. There's no age limit. You don't have to only do it when you're young. It's important for each of us to do. And I'm going to pray and ask God that he would help each of us to do a good job with that this week. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for what you teach us in it, God, because there's so much that we would not know if you didn't share with us. We would not know that we were sinners that needed a Savior. And even if we could get to the point of realizing we were wicked, we wouldn't even know how to have salvation. And God, I know you have wisdom for every situation in life, and I pray that we go to you for that wisdom and you'd bless us with the ability to do it. And God, I know it's going to be difficult. God, it's going to, it might be exciting at first, but it's going to take time to, to understand what we're reading. And for, for those who try, I do pray for your special hand of blessing on them, that they would understand your word and be able to put it into practice. I thank you, God, for this day. I thank you for the Awana program. And I pray that you'd help it to continue to grow and expand across the globe. In Jesus' name, amen.